Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. In this series, I am teaching and talking about the difference between the glory of God and the anointing of God. Over the next couple of episodes, we will be unpacking each of them and discussing their application to our everyday lives. Let's get to it. The glory of the Lord we've discussed is, in a nutshell, it is the nature and it is the character of God. It is the very person of God, who he is. The anointing flows out of the character of God. So we say a lot of times like um, that, that we should guard our own heart for it is the wellspring of life. So who we are in our heart comes flowing out of um, come, come flowing out of our heart comes our actions, our behaviors, uh, the ways that we act, the words that we choose, the things that we do comes up out of our heart. Well, just like that, there is the heart of God, the nature of God, and flowing out of that is the ways of God, the way that he operates, the way that he acts. When we begin to see uh, the movement of God, when we feel the movement of God, that is the anointing. So we know the glory, but you feel the anointing. The glory is the parent. The anointing is the child. Um, a lot of times you've heard me say, uh, you can muster up or you can mimic the anointing. We can act like we're flowing in the anointing. And sometimes, sometimes we do that and we don't even necessarily know we're doing it because we've learned it. It's been a learned behavior because of the church we've been brought up in or because of uh, what everybody is doing around us. I know a lot of um, adults who, who say they were raised in that kind of a church and, and they, they felt as a child that they had to do all the right things in order to connect with God versus I connected with God and then all of the manifestations came flowing up out of that place. So this is a really passionate topic for me because I have the opportunity to uh, flow in the anointing, travel a lot, minister healing, minister deliverance, and a lot of people come from all over because they're very intrigued by the anointing and they want to be taught the anointing. But the reality is you can't teach the anointing. I can't teach you how to minister healing. What I can teach you is the character of God as healer. And you begin to feel compelled to flow in his healing anointing. The healing anointing comes out of that. Now, while I can kind of teach you different points and things you want to uh, understand, what does scripture say about healing, all of those things, um, but we want to be careful that we don't teach how to mimic what the anointing would look like when, when we're dismissing that it should flow out of the glory of the Lord and the heart of God. So this is one of the reasons why this topic is so passionate for me, because I see a lot of people who are frustrated trying to chase down the anointing because it's exciting, it's glittery, it's shiny, it's fun, all of those things. And they want to live in what we call the woo-woo. Uh, and so I say, well, I love being in the woo-woo. I love being in the spirit. But that place comes out of saturating myself in the character of God, really growing and grooming my character, my nature into the likeness, into the image of God. So the more I get to know God as a healer and who he is as a deliverer and who he is as, as a father, who he is as, a, as love, all of the character um, attributes of God, who he is, when I come to know those things, 
the ability to flow in those ways comes naturally. It should come naturally. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you I get bugged when people are uh, want to be like a part of, you know, that intrigues me. I think I have a gift of healing. I think I have a gift of deliverance. And while that might be accurate, if you think you have the gift of healing, if you think you have the, the gift of deliverance, um, then you should be saturating yourself in the character of God as healer. What did he, what did it look like? Who was he when he ministered healing? The compassion that he flowed in, the love that he flowed in, um, just really saturating yourself in the character of God. And if you are anointed, if you have carry a mantle for healing, then that will get stirred up out of your heart um, and who you are called to be. So let me share with you a little bit about my story. Um, I was raised in um, uh, I was raised in a staunch denominational church uh, that really was very traditional, very religion. And then I got saved. Uh, when I was 18, I came to know Jesus and I shifted into another denominational church uh, that believed in salvation, that preached salvation, but did not believe in the manifestational gifts of the Spirit. In fact, they really believed in a lot of cessationism and that the works of the Lord had come to a halt um, after the, the death of Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and when I say works, I'm talking about the, the power gifts, flowing in tongues, uh, speaking in uh, the gift of interpretation, healing, deliverance, the manifestational gifts. And so for years, I really came to know through the word of God, the character of who God was. Now, if you haven't checked out my series on the greater works of the Holy Spirit, check out that series because you will learn from that series a little bit more of my story of how God took me back to just the teaching um, in wise and persuasive words versus a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And I began to feel this conviction that there was something more that God wanted to do in my life and then therefore then through my life. Um, and so I started to kind of step back from the teaching that I had been taught and go back to the word and begin to ask the Lord, what does the anointing of God look like? And that's when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, check out the episode, When I Spoke in Tongues, uh, When I Fell Out Slain. That'll kind of tell you a little bit more of those of details of those things. But to, to keep it short, the Lord really began to loose an anointing in my life. Um, of flowing, not just in the knowledge of God as a healer, not just in the knowledge of God as love, not in just in the knowledge of God being a supernatural God, but allowing that person to flow through me and out of me, allowing the anointing of healing to flow out of me, allowing the, the anointing of a spiritual language to flow out of me, allowing the anointing of deliverance to flow out of me. And so I, I came to know the glory of the Lord, and then I came into the anointing of God. Um, and so I think that the way the Lord raised me was just so sweet because I understood the sovereignty of God, the person of God. I was saturated um, by that as a child, and then I came into the understanding of Jesus and his person and his character and salvation. And then I came into the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so I feel as though the Lord has, has brought me up to have this balance of understanding the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the balance of the Trinity, and the beauty of how the anointing should always 
mimic should always uh, reflect back to be in alignment with the heart and the character of God. So let's talk about how the anointing is a lot of times what we experience. Um, and so sometimes we experience some crazy things in a service, or sometimes we might be like, some, sometimes people will base their entire relationship with the Lord just on emotional experience. And so they feel like their relationship with the Lord is up and down and up and down. And a lot of that is because we're basing our relationship with God on the anointing and on the emotions, on the passion, on the feeling, on the touchy feelies, on just the woo-woo. But over here, when we back up on the person of God, a lot of times we struggle in just being very consistent in who we are, whether we feel God in a moment or not. So a lot of times people want to, again, we, we love the woo-woo, and a lot of times people chase the woo-woo, but they have a hard time being faithful in things that they've committed to. They have a hard time being um, integritable behind closed doors. They have a hard time staying away from things that God has, sexual immorality, uh, the, those kinds of things. And so it's difficult for me when people say, I want to flow in the anointing, but they don't want to do the, and I'm going to say the hard work of really allowing the Holy Spirit to refine you on the inside. Remember the Bible says that he cleans the inside of the cup first. And then a holy, pure outpouring comes out of the, the cleansing of the inside. And that is the part that really requires a lot of self-discipline of really saying, this is who I want to be. I want to saturate myself in the person of God. I want to be saturated in the character of God. I want to be like God. I want to be refined in the things that I do on a regular basis, not just the way I minister from a pulpit, not just the way I pray over people, not just the way I feel in a worship session, but I want to feel the person of God in me in the way that I think in places and spaces that nobody else can see who I am in my heart. I want that to be saturated by the person of God. So if all we're doing is flowing in the anointing, we're missing out. So I like to say, you know, I was raised in this denominational church in the glory of the Lord. And I had an understanding of who God was, but I did not understand the power of God. So I like to say a lot of times that denominational churches often are powerless churches that to flow in just the glory and not the anointing is a powerless and sometimes can feel very defeated where we know there's a character or a likeness of who I could be and who I should be, but I don't recognize the authority or the power that I have to really begin to declare those things as true in my life. Now, the opposite is people who flow in just the anointing. So I've also um, been in churches where all they want is the woo-woo, the touchy-feely, but they don't want to really engage in confession and repentance and changing patterns that are broken, changing habits in their life. Um, and they just want to flow in the anointing and in the power of God and that is a very dangerous place to be. So I say the glory without the anointing is powerless. The anointing without the glory is dangerous. But when we bring them together and we understand that the spirits 
of the prophet or subject to the prophet. Uh, that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 32, that the spirits, the way uh, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prophecy, the way the spirit of, of tongues, the spirit of healing, the spirit of deliverance, the way we flow in those things are still subject to the nature and the character of God. So let me give you an example uh, of what this looks like. So at one point when I was traveling to Cincinnati and I was ministering till all hours of the night because the anointing was still moving in the room. And I did that for several months. I would stay up till one or two in the morning. I would get up and begin to minister again, first thing, eight o'clock in the morning. And I, I ended up wore out my body and I ended up having adrenal fatigue. Um, and I learned through that season, the Lord just kept saying, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And so what I felt like the Lord was saying is, you have the authority to decide based on what is best for you, based on guarding your own self-care, okay, your own heart. You have the authority to decide, when will I stop flowing in the anointing? So through the, so the wisdom of God in me, the self-control of God in me, the mind of Christ in me took a look and said, I feel as though 11 p.m. is a good time to let people know this is when I will stop ministering because I need to rest. I need to go and take care of myself. I need to self-care. And so I allowed the wisdom of God. So when we take a look at the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that is the nature of God. That's why when somebody is flowing in healing and deliverance, but there's not an evidence of love in their life, I have an issue with that. When I see uh, it doesn't feel like they're loving the person that they're ministering, that there's condemnation and there's judgment. Sometimes we've encountered really rough people who... Um, who, who operate in deliverance and healing. And, and I'm not going to say that's not real um, because I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to judge. I'm, I am going to say there's something in my spirit that feels saddened or grieved that we don't see the character or the nature of God in the way that they are flowing in the anointing. Okay. And so I want people after they encounter me, when I minister to them, I want, and I say encounter me like they're in I want them to say, I didn't encounter healing. I encountered love. I encountered something that was not natural. And it wasn't about the healing that I received physically. It was about a supernatural love that healed something in my heart, healed something in my mind that I felt loved. Um, a lot of people who watch me minister, I'm not a crier. Um, but when I'm ministering to people and I'm really asking the Lord, show me this person's heart. And I begin to feel his heart towards them. It is not unusual for me to get choked up as I'm ministering because I'm I'm feeling that compassion of Christ within them, within me, and they begin to feel the love of God coming up out of me upon them. Y'all, that is not me. If you know me in the natural, I struggle. I struggle having compassion. I struggle in mercy in my flesh. But when I am in the spirit. Yes, there's an anointing of healing that comes flowing, but there is an anointing of compassion and love. The character of a compassion and love comes up out of me and manifests in healing and deliverance. So I have had to learn 
that I cannot be navigated by the spirit. I'm not going to be navigated by the anointing, but God says I have authority over the anointing because the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet. So God, the glory of the Lord is the authority to, and the anointing is the power. And so you have the authority to practice the power. And you also have the authority to say, I'm going to, this is not what God is telling me to do right now. So I can feel, let me give you another example. I can feel an anointing in a room. I can feel, hear, know a prophetic word for somebody in a room. But if I haven't been given the authority in the room to minister to that person, I'm not going to minister. I just, <clears throat> excuse me, trust the Lord. He's showing it to me. I might sometimes go to the authority, to the to the pastor or whoever it is, and say, I really feel as though the Lord has given me a word for this person. Would you, would you be okay with me ministering to that? And most of the time, if people know me, they'll say yes. Or I have go into churches and they'll say, hey, listen, I give you totally author, total authority to practice however the Spirit leads you, um, those kinds of things. And so I wait for, and the Lord honors that. The Lord honors, honors recognizing that there is a pecking order in a room. And if I haven't been given the mantle to minister, I am not going to, my mantle, I mean the authority. If I haven't been given the mantle or the authority uh, to minister, I'm not going to do that. So when people say, well, the spirit made me do it, uh, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Meaning when I feel an unction to do something, remember when Jesus felt an unction to do something, the Bible said that he looked to the heavens. And he sought what he was doing was he was seeking the the permission the the permission of the Lord to begin to flow in healing to begin to minister food to the multitude to loose the leper from his leprosy he was he was consulting with the Father with the glory is this in likeness with your nature and what you are doing right in this moment. So when we see people operating in the anointing that is counterintuitive to the will of God or the nature of God, again, let's look at the example of Saul and David, that Saul was anointed out of the desire of men, but David was anointed out of the desire of God. That is the two differences. So I want you to recognize that if you are searching uh, for to flow in the anointing, if you want to, if you feel called to flow in the anointing, keep yourself saturated in the glory of the Lord and the anointing will come up out of that place. It really is that simple. It really is that simple. And so I can feel, I can sense that the anointing grows the more I'm saturated in scripture. I can feel, I can sense that the anointing grows the more I've been focusing on refining myself in a season of repentance, allowing the Lord to examine me, allowing the Lord to cleanse me, shift me. When I've been working actively, partnering with the Holy Spirit to change patterns in my own life, I feel the anointing increasing because of those things, because I've been focused on the glory. So I really wanted to, to I, I really feel that this is why this is so important, that you recognize that we have to prioritize the glory of the Lord, the truth of God, who he is, his nature, in some regard, above experience. 
So that's not to dismiss experience. You guys know I love experiencing the Holy Spirit. I love the woo-woo of the Holy Ghost. I love to, to feel the shaking and the trembling, the anointing on my body. I love when the Holy Spirit smacks me upside the face when I feel the fire of God moving. And I get a physical uh, manifestation of those things. But just because I'm not feeling and having those physical manifestations... I am still saturated in the person of God. I'm still confident in my authority, even though I'm not feeling the power of the authority. And I know that in a moment, so when people say, hey, uh, I love when people come up and say, hey, we give this person a word, but they put a demand on the anointing. And I will stand and I'll say, let me, let me consult with the Father right now. And I'll begin to pray. And typically when somebody puts a demand on the anointing like that, assuming that it's compelled by God, the anointing will begin to come. And sometimes I'm flowing in the anointing and I'm giving a prophetic word and I'm not feeling anything, but I'm confident in the character of God. I'm confident in my position in Christ. I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in the right and the authority that I have to prophetically speak in somebody's life. So just the same as, uh, just the same as I have the ability to say, I have the authority to say, okay, we're done. I'm done with this house meeting. God has also given me the authority to say, okay, God, just because I'm not feeling anything, I know that you can flow through me to give this person a prophetic word in a moment just like that. So this is just kind of keeping it real, giving you some real life examples of how the glory and the anointing should work in tandem by just giving you some of my testimonies of how, how I've experienced it and how I've come to know it through the scriptures, studying the scriptures. Um, I hope you have enjoyed this series. I hope you are compelled absolutely um, to allow the anointing of the Lord to flow more freely out of your life even though people are going to think that's weird. I mean, I could talk about the anointing all day long. Uh, it, it can be a challenge sometimes when people begin to put a demand on the anointing. And then when you release the anointing, they're freaked out by how things um, flow. But if you are walking in the character of God, people will trust the anointing more because they will say, look, I don't know about what just happened, but what I can't dispute is the love that I see in your life, is the compassion that I see in your life, is the character that I see in your life. There's nothing that bothers me more than when we see somebody flowing in anointing, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you see what they're posting on Facebook. You see what they're posting on Instagram. Look, you have to be true. Or you hear who they are behind closed doors. We have got to get our character back in order, back into the likeness of God so that the anointing will be received because people don't necessarily trust the anointing. They trust the glory and the character of God that they see in you. Okay. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. The next three episodes um, are going to be of me preaching, containing the character of God. It's going to be me preaching through the glory versus the anointing. Um, so you're going to get to see it preach. And then you're going to get to see me demonstrate what it looks like to pull the glory of the Lord in and to wait on God. In this, you're going to have to see this episode.
I wait on the Lord to touch the people before I begin to touch them. I wanted them to get saturated in the nature and the character of God before I laid hands on them. And then the anointing flowed after they were saturated in the person of God, after there were some things that people repented of. And you'll get to see how the altar ministry went after we waited on the person of God to fill the room. Because remember, the anointing flows out from the glory of the Lord. So I hope you enjoy those three episodes. Um, hang in there and watch how the, the Lord just moves and how he shows up um, to minister and to touch people and how focus on how the anointing flows out of the glory of the Lord. All right, you guys, that this sums up uh, the series on the glory versus the anointing. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.